Thanks for joining us today at the Vine Church. We're one church with two locations and reaching around the world with the help of our online service. We exist to connect the world to Jesus Christ. And if you'd like to partner with us in doing that, you can share this service with others and you can give by clicking the link below. But for now, prepare your heart for some incredible worship and an inspiring message. darkness fades into new beginnings as we lift our eyes to the hope beyond and all creation waits with an expectation to declare the reign of the Lord our God we will not be moved when the earth gives way
for him to do what only he can do and whatever he wants to do, amen. So let's let our praise rise in this place. He is alive and we are made alive in him. Let's give him all that we have because he's worth. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing more. Let your glory fill this place. We're alive in your presence. Let's sing it again. It's your heart we're searching for. We want you and nothing more. Let your glory fill this place. We're alive.
Do you know that there's a study out of the University of Virginia that says most people get uncomfortable after about four seconds of silence? <laughs> you guys just went through over 30, so congratulations. And thank you very much for that. I appreciate that. Before we get into it, there's some very special people here. Um, I really want to highlight my mom is here. She's the one that looks like my sister. She's in the purple in the middle right there, if you want to give a little wave. She, um, she has actually shared this day with me for the last four years. So, happy Mother's Day. Whew. All right, here we go. So, in that silence, you may have started feeling nervous, right? Maybe nervous for me. Did she forget the words that she's, she has to say, right? She's got to talk. Or maybe you uh, were a little excited because if she doesn't talk, we're all getting out of here early, right? <laughs> maybe just in general, you were just a little uncomfortable. And that's absolutely okay. Because I believe that there, there's something incredibly powerful about silence. You know, we've just spent this time together just declaring who God is and worshiping him for who he is, declaring who he says that we are. And then I just feel like he had this time for us this morning just to, just to be silent. And that can be really uncomfortable. But I feel like that his encouragement to us this morning is that silence is not the same as absence. Think about it. We were all here. None of you got up to leave. Thank you so much. We were here together. We were fully present, but we were silent. And if you were close enough in proximity to me, you could have seen a wink or a nod, or if you, you know, can see the cameras too, you could probably see that. If you're close enough relationally to me, we could have had an entire conversation without ever words ever been spoken. There is something incredibly powerful about silence. And even though that silence can make us often want to run or to escape or fill it, that space and time with our own sounds, ourselves or other people and things, that in the context of relationship with God, that silence is not absence and it's not punishment that silence is actually an invitation. It's meant to move us. It's meant to draw us in closer, to put ourselves in a position when we're leaning in just a little bit farther. And whether you realize that you were intentionally doing it or not, coming here and literally positioning yourselves in a posture and seating and sitting, seating, sitting, in a chair, you are positioning yourself to listen so it, it's this invitation that we have from God to know his presence, that he is here, and to draw us in closer as we listen. And in this series, we're going through the book of 2 Timothy, and that's what we re refer to it as, the book of 2 Timothy, but it's actually a letter. And in preparing for today, I was just asking God, okay, well, why should we listen why? What is, it, what is it about this? What are we listening for? Who are we listening to? And we talked about last week that, that this is a letter from an older man to a younger man. Y'all, that there is something about 
people going before you in this older generation, people that have experienced more than you have yet, and then passing that on, that that alone is worth leaning into and listening to. And that in fact, in a lot of cultures, and especially when this was written, that the older generations are highly revered. Like it was an honor to be able to sit in front of someone and just listen. And maybe that's something for us this morning, is who can you get in front of and just listen? And there's more. Because you see, it's not just a letter from, a younger, from an older man to a younger man. It's a letter from a man named Paul that when we are first introduced to him in, in the Bible is actually in the book of Acts. It's at the end of chapter seven, the beginning of chapter eight. And what's going on is that there is a man named Stephen who has been professing that Jesus is Messiah and the kingdom of God is here to Jewish leaders. And the consequence of that was that he was sentenced to die by stoning. As people are taking off their coats to pick up their stones and kill this man, they are laying their coats at the feet of a man named Saul. And he is giving his approval for this man to be killed. Saul, at that time, as he was known, was known to be a persecutor of Christians. And what that meant was he was on a mission to go and find followers of the way, as they were known, or followers of Jesus, and have them killed. That was his mission, to search them out. And in his going, he was going to a city called Damascus. I don't know why I said that weird. And he has a conversation with Jesus. This is after the resurrection. He hears from Jesus and has an incredible encounter with him. This is in Acts 9, if you want to read more of the details. I wanna give us the highlights. He hears from Jesus, goes blind, is taken into the city. Jesus has talked to another follower and told this follower, hey, I want you to go pray for Saul. And the follower says, yeah, you mean the guy that is wanting to kill me? Sure, yeah, super easy. But he does it anyway lays hands on Saul, prays for him. His eyes are miraculously healed open, and from that day forward, he is preaching that Jesus is Messiah to anyone and everyone. And his new mission is to reach all Gentiles, all people that are not Jewish, that they now have access and relationship to God and have been saved because of Jesus. Talking about transformation, right? That he was still going to other places and seeking out followers. But because of relationship with God, because of what Jesus had done, he is now sent to encourage them and equip them and preach who Jesus is. So now fast forward, he's now referred to as Paul and in his goings, he goes to a city called Lystra or Lystra, however you would like to pronounce it. It would be in present day Turkey. And he meets a young man named Timothy, probably in his teens. And Timothy is actually known as to be an incredible believer. I, this is Paul talking. I remember your genuine faith to Timothy, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Grandmoms and moms, here you go, okay? You are powerful people. 
Paul actually asked Timothy to join with him. So they begin this journey over the next 18-ish years, ish years, and they are doing life together. They're preaching together, teaching together, finding followers and encouraging them, being with them. That now it's moved from a letter from an older man to a younger man. This is now a letter that their relationship had deepened so much. This is a letter from a father to a son that we're gonna read about in just a few moments that Paul refers to and loves Timothy like his own son. You know, there's something incredibly powerful about the relationship of a parent to a child. That is worth listening to. Children in this room, that's all of us. Whether your parents are here or not, or the type of relationship that you have with them or not, you have a father who desperately wants you to know how much he loves you. And there, is some, there are a lot of things to understand and listen to in that relationship. And if that were it, that would be enough. And there's more. So it was not uncommon that in their goings that Timothy and some of the others that were traveling with them would stay at one place while Paul went ahead and then whenever they were finished, they would join back together. In this time of separation, Paul has been arrested again. This time is different. He is jailed, chained, and hidden in Rome and he knows that he is going to die. This now is not just a letter from a father to a son. This now is a letter from a father who desperately misses his child and loves him so much that knows and loves God so much, knows and believes in what God has for Timothy and for all Gentiles that he has to get it out as, as much as he can get it out. This is believed to be the last letter that Paul ever wrote. And as you read through this letter and as we're listening, we're gonna, there's gonna be moments where it seems really fast paced and Paul is just like, I want you to know this and I want you to know this and I want you to know this and it's, wait, what? There's this urgency because he doesn't know if he's even gonna see him again. And then at times it kind of slows down just a little for us to see the intimacy that was there between this father and this son there is so much beauty in this letter. There is so much pain in this letter. There is so much urgency, and there's so much intimacy. That's what we are being given an opportunity to listen to and lean into. And we're just going to talk about just a snapshot of that. Thank goodness we have a whole series on this. Good job. But I feel like that there's gonna be different pieces of this in the next few minutes that kind of, I've been using the term this morning, like ping you. It's almost like God is just dropping a pin in like a GPS of maybe this is the place for you to, to stand around this morning. Maybe it's something for you to come back to this afternoon or tomorrow or next week. But pay attention to that ping in you of whatever hits you. And it may actually be the part that's the hardest to relate to. And that's okay. So let's listen together, shall we? We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to have the words on the screen. Uh, they are going to be um, matching what I'm reading. If yours are different, that's totally fine. If you do not have a Bible, we would really love to give you one. And that's not something that we just say. 
we would love to give you this so that you can listen at any time. And you can stop by guest services at the end or we'll have some on the stage at the end of the service as well. But let's start with verse one, chapter two. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Thank God. Right. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. There's a lot there for us. Let's start at the beginning not knowing whether he's ever going to see him again or not. He's telling Timothy, he's telling his son that you've heard me teach all of these things. You've heard it confirmed by witnesses. Now it's your turn. You go and teach other people who are going to teach other people who are going to teach other people. There's this passing of the mantle, passing of the baton, Timothy, you have everything that you need to go. So there may be some of you here this morning that you've been feeling frustrated or you've really been questioning whether you can do this, whatever this is that God has for you. You're being frustrated because God is actually trying to encourage you to say, you have all that you need. It's time to go. And then he comes back, brings it back to him. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. I am not a soldier. I have um, not had that honor. Um, I, um, I would encourage you that if you know of a soldier, if you are a soldier, there is something to, in real life, you can, you can do this, to actually go and ask them what they think about this. What does that mean to them, that there's wisdom in listening to what they have to say about this? When I was asking the Lord, well, what do you have for us this morning? I remember the story of the Roman officer who had um, a soldier under his care that was sick. And this is found in, in Matthew 8. He goes to Jesus this is when Jesus was, was still alive before the resurrection. When Jesus returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go, 
and they go. And Jesus goes on to say that he hasn't seen faith like that in all of Israel and then tells the Roman officer, go back home because you believed it has happened and the young servant was healed that hour. Could it be that something for us to lean into or ping this morning is that there is, there is wisdom in understanding the authority that we have in Jesus, in submitting to the authority of Jesus, and that there is wisdom in understanding the authority that we have to go out in the name of Jesus. That when we do that, we see the supernatural, we see the miraculous. And maybe for you, when you heard authority or submitting, there's a little ping there. There is for me, just being honest. What is it about that ping that is keeping you from this understanding of whose you are and how you are being sent out? The authority that you have to go out And then he continues, an athlete cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. I didn't like that. Okay, honest. I can be honest here, right? Follow the rules thing. Um, I know their rules are good, and they have purpose. They do. They're they're good, right? Their rules are good. Um, The way that I am wired is if you tell me a rule, and especially if you tell me the heart behind it, I'm I'm there. I'm with you. I can understand it. But I am wired. I to see the exception. I'm going to start asking like all these questions about. Well, that's fine. That that's the rule. But well, what about this situation? Or what about this person? And then what about this? And this and this. And I ask a ton of questions, and it's really annoying. I'm fine with that. That's just how I'm wired, and that's okay. And there are tons of just real life examples, right? The rule I before E, except after C, and then all the other stuff that comes after that that I, I wasn't taught, that got added in after, right? There's always exceptions. And I'm kind of getting a little worked up over this, and the Lord is like, Holly, chill. When God tells you to just chill, it's just easier if you do, okay? he's like, why did you immediately go to that? And I was like, you wrote it. Like, I'm not making this stuff up. And he's just like, you're, you zoomed in on the rules so much so that you're missing the big picture. Look at what's happening. When an, when an athlete understands a game, a sport, when you understand the rules to the competition, there's this prize that is set in front of you, and the rules are actually enabling you and telling you this is how you get there. And that so many of us, myself included, we see the rules as limitations on us. I'm not going to submit to that. I'm not going to follow that. Well, that's another rule. But what if, what if, that the rules are not there to show you where you are limited. The rules are there to reveal where you have limited yourself. That the rules are there to show and reveal where you have limited God. Because when, when I've entered this game, when I'm, I've set my eye on the prize and I understand the rules, now all of a sudden there's this environment that I get to practice, that I get to work towards and move towards. And when I get to the end, I have done more. I've run faster. I've gone farther. I've lifted more. There is more than when I started. So actually understanding these rules gives me a greater understanding that I can do more than I ever thought that I could. 
Are there places in your life where you have put limits on yourself? Are there places in your life where you have put limits on God? Where you keep hitting up against these rules? I just don't understand this rule. It's okay. You can ask for understanding. But then also, what is that revealing about who you are and whose you are? And then he keeps going. And then the hardworking farmer should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Here's the thing, everyone. I kill plants. I do. I've accepted it. Um, right, thank you for that, Amit. Uh, I've, there's air plants. There's the succulents and cactuses, cacti. And um, yeah, I kill them all. Uh, just the, yesterday, I was um, talking with a friend of mine, and we were joking that the two tiny succulents that I bought to replace the succulent and the cactus that I killed in my room in three days had not made it from the kitchen to my room. So there's that. Limited understanding here. But I promise, if you have me take care of your plants, I can keep them alive. I know the power of God because that has happened. Just not if the plants are mine. Um, so... And thinking about farming, if you are a farmer, you know a farmer, you're a gardener, you know a gardener, ask them, ask them, what does this mean? What does that look like? And even from my limited understanding, just thinking about farming, you have to have the land. If you don't have it, you have to get it. And then you have to prepare the land, right? You have to uh, make room, not just for the seed itself, but for the seed to grow. And then you have to take care of the land as best as you can, and then the plants do their thing. Oh, excuse me. It happens, guys. And then you harvest it, and you consume it, you give it away, you buy it, you sell it, and then you start all over again. Here's the thing. That is hard work. And sometimes the work that we are in is just hard have you ever been in that, that place or had that thought, had that feeling of, I don't want to leave what I'm doing. I know I'm supposed to be where I am. I just want someone to acknowledge that this is hard. I don't need people to fix it for me, but this is hard. Sometimes it's hard, and that's okay. Because there is also this promise of reward. And I don't know for each and every one of us if that looks like finances here, promotion here, more vacation time here, family. I don't know exactly what that looks like for you here, but I know that you have access to it. Even in that, the reward, the prize, is not just for when you get to heaven. It's for you to have access right now, for you to be fully known and filled because of your relationship with God. There is reward, and it's completely satisfying. Are you in a season where it's hard, and you need encouragement? Maybe you know of other people that are in hard seasons, and maybe they need some encouragement, and it's not up to you to fix it. The farmer cannot make the plants grow. Everything that the plant needs will be provided for it. It's just his job to create the safest environment possible for them to do what they were made to do. And then he goes on. Always remember that Jesus Christ 
a descendant of King David, was, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Are you willing to do anything to advance the kingdom of God? To give glory to Christ? Are you willing to just sit and listen? Are you willing to go to and reach out to those in need, even if it's not convenient or fits in your schedule? Are you willing to bring a child into your home or help a family that has brought a child into their home? Are you willing to look foolish, to be laughed at, all so that God would be made known and his heart would be demonstrated to a world that desperately needs to know him? Maybe that's a ping for you this morning. I want to close this morning um, with some inspiration that I took from Paul and Timothy and God, I promise. And I have written a letter from me to you all. And I'm going to read that for us, and then we'll pray. First, Vinian. This letter is from Holly, equipped and empowered by God to love and be loved and to demonstrate his heart for all. I am writing to the Vine Church, my dear family. May God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace, mercy, and peace. I thank God for all I have learned about him through your faith. You may never know the full impact you have had on me though I pray that what you, had, what you have given would be returned a hundredfold. I leave you with this. You are worth God giving up everything. You may not believe that, or you may know it in your head and not feel it in your heart, and that's okay. It doesn't make it any less true. In Christ, you are incredibly powerful. You were made to see and participate in the miraculous. You were made to love so fully with kindness, gentleness, and compassion that people take notice and respond asking, how do you love so well? You were made to personally experience and release the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Because of Jesus, you are that powerful. And still, you will never be powerful enough to change your worth or your identity. And there is so much freedom in that truth. There's freedom to practice, to fail, to grieve, to suffer, to celebrate, to endure, to be strong, to feel weak, to be who he says you are, to be fully alive, 
to be known, to love, and be loved. May the Lord be with your spirit. May his grace be with all of you. And don't ever forget, it doesn't matter if you're a small town girl or a city boy, don't stop believing. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me Oh, his love for me Oh, his love for me Sing it out Who the sun sets free Oh, is free Jesus died for me. Yes, he died for me. Come on, church. Through the sun is free. Oh, he's free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a Declare. 